to hour two of the weekly dish. Good morning, dishers. I'm Stephanie Hansen. <laughs> I'm Stephanie Marge. And this is the part of the show that I swear is my favorite. Is it really? Yeah, I love it. This is where we tell you two things that we are obsessed with for the week. It is the top two in hour two. Give me the old one. Presents top two, top two, the top two. Pick your best two in our two. All right, this is where we tell you two things that we are obsessed with this week. Sometimes we give you a bonus third. Stephanie, what is your top two in our two? So, we're always talking about how I like to eat uh, butter as cheese. <laughs> the and so, but really, it's like keeping good butter, and I've said this a million times. Is it's a, it's your gift to yourself, you know, having good butter in the house. Um, the other thing that I would say that is the best, the other thing that it kind of is equal to that to me is Maldon salt. Oh, yes. Which is the big flake salt, you know? Yes. And it's the one that they kind of look like little pyramids, you know, but they come in those huge flakes and it's a finishing salt. You're not going to use it like you're not going to scoop a teaspoon of it and throw it into a baked thing. This is the salt that you sprinkle on top of everything. And it's just that flaky, perfect thing. I made chocolate chip cookies last night for my neighbors because I didn't want them to be Christmas cookies. I wanted them to be thank you cookies. But then I sprinkled the Maldon on top just before they went in the oven. And Oh, you did that. Yeah, that is so good. And it's just a, it's, it's a finishing salt that gives crunch. And it gives like an impact of flavor. And it's like, if you ever think like I'm throwing too much salt on something... Don't even waste your time with that, finishing with like kosher salt. Finish with the Maldon. You'll know it's there. You get it. It's totally a presentation piece. And you can dip buttered radishes in it, and that's amazing. <laughs> and you just ate a half a I did eat a half a pound of so butter. There's so, that. Right. Okay. This, this I just saw this week. I saw it at Lake Winds, and I'm very excited about it. Lake Winds is also going to be sponsoring our podcast coming up in the new year. Oh. So we're very excited about welcoming welcoming them to the program. Um, they have this thing, Stephanie, called To Go Wear Utensils. And it is a... I'm going to just turn this around so Stephanie can well, see it. I can it. click into it. It is... Um, it comes on a carabiner. Yeah. So you can like clip it onto your lunchbox or your bag or your purse. And inside it are utensils for eating. So there's the fork, the knife, the spoon, and two chopsticks. That's great. So when you're doing like to go or you're at the office, if you don't want to be using plastic forks, yeah. it is really a handy thing. It's eleven ninety nine, so it's very inexpensive. But it is uh, to go wear utensil set. Okay. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. We I like it. I think they're really sweet. Use that at the state fair, maybe. <laughs> yes. Stephanie is on a mission that we all bring our own silverware yeah. to the state fair I'm so have that my we're fork not on having. A string. That's how that's going to work. A no waste situation. Right. Um, okay. So my second one is actually kind of a gift, too. Um, and just to kind of keep in the theme. Um, it is something that, so all of my teenagers, you know, we've talked about them all the time going to, um, United Noodle and mm-hmm. they just did it again. They just went to United Noodle. They spent a hundred bucks, you know, Jake personally spent a hundred bucks, you know, with came back with like soy sauce for, and sesame oil for me. But, um, you know, between Ramune, which is the sodas that have the little glass ball on them and all the little, you know, like potato shrimp crackers and all these kind of fun things. And so I thought, you know, what's funny is like every time they go, they kind of come back with the same things. And so I was feeling like maybe they're, they're, you know, they need to branch out. So there's something called Booksu, which is B-O-K-K-S-U, and it's a subscription box. Cool. Direct from Japan. And it's all snacks. 
And so it's a lot of fun because it is, it comes with, and you know what? They have a gift thing. So you can do like a three month thing mm-hmm. or you could do a full year of things. So I just did three months and I think I pay like 36 bucks for, per month. And so it's like, it'll carry him through his birthday. He'll get three big boxes direct from Japan. And it's got like all the Hello Kitty, you know, things. And like And like the variety of Kit Kats that you know that I geek out about yes. that you cannot find. The matcha Kit Kats. The... Matchas are everywhere. Not matcha. Wasabi. That's what I want. I want caramel. Strawberry cream. Caramel pudding. That's what I want. I want the ones that you can't get here. And so those, they've, they have some of those too. They have access to that. And they have some teas and everything else, but it's mostly a, a snack box. So. All right. Very excited about it. It's Boksu, B-O-K-K-S-U. Okay. Here is my next one. Okay. And I met this guy, and his name was Tony, right? Yeah. And he came to the Stone Arch Festival. He was one of my culinary market vendors. And he has a organic farm that he is growing, like, all of these flowers and plants. And he is making tea, and oh. it's called Sacred Blossom Farms Tea. Okay. It's so beautiful. Like, it's literally like... It's one of the blooming teas? Yeah. yeah. It's like nettle Mrs. Kelly and has herbs. it. Tea Source has it, too. Okay, yeah. awesome. Mint, California poppy, ginger. And he is out there. He, he grows it. He forages it. He puts it all together. He's got elderflower berries on his farm. It's him and his dad. Nice. He's kind of an interesting cat, mm-hmm. and it's just a really beautiful gift idea for someone that's into tea, because when you look inside the plastic sleeve, it's just pretty. Like, you can see all the little flowers and the little colors, um, so it is Sacred Blossom Farms Tea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a bonus. Do you want a bonus? Sure. Okay. There's these three sisters that I just talked to on the Makers of Minnesota podcast, and they, their grandpa in the basement of their house in St. Paul... What, he had a separate kitchen, and in his separate kitchen, he made meatballs and sauce. Okay. And they had, like, a million kids, okay? Like, literally, like, 40 kids would come over. The kids had kids. They had 12 kids. They all had kids. He had a whole separate, like, production line in the basement of his house to make these meatballs and his sauce. And they have packaged this meatball mix, and I made it over the last weekend, You just add the mix to your beef or your pork, or you can do turkey, chicken, whatever your jam is. And I made these most delicious meatballs. It was, they were so good. I didn't even flavor the sauce. I just used tomatoes that I had ground up from my summer farm. Yep. The tomatoes I had that few that I got, I had to turn them into sauce because I couldn't use them because they weren't all the way ripe. Um, So it was just awesome. And I have a picture of that on my Instagram too, but those, the mix is called Three Linetti Sisters. One tip I would say about the mix is it's very concentrated. And the recipe has like... Is this the layered one? Yes. So then did you, did you have to pour it all in and do it all at once? Yep. So the rest, there's a packet and there's a jar. And the recipe has like one packet to one pound of ground beef. I thought that it was good to have two pounds for the packet. Okay. So to double, because it's a very concentrated flavoring and for some people, it might just be too much. So I used two pounds, one packet, and it was awesome. Okay, yeah, meatballs. So did you make your did you make meatballs? I did. So did you do you do you bake them and then put sauce on them, or do you bake them in sauce? What's your technique with that? Bake and then put them in the sauce. And then put them in sauce. Other yeah, because I like them, them a little crispy. Yeah, they cook them in the sauce. Yeah, and I've a lot done of that. Do that. There's actually a really good recipe. Um, it's the best recipe for meatballs. The ricotta meatballs in the new york times oh yeah 
and those you cook in the sauce. And they're delicious, but they're just different. They're yeah. puffier, they're lighter, they don't have a crispy edge on them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I care about crispy edge when I'm thinking about it with a meatball. So so for you, that might be the yeah. best recipe. Yeah. And you make ricotta a lot, too, so think how good your meatballs would be with yeah. your homemade oh, ricotta. I'm, and I've done that before. I've definitely done that. I, my biggest trick with meatballs is if you're mixing them all up, to add like a splash or two of water in there so that the fat has something to hold on to. And then it, oh, they, that's a good yeah, tech that's, that's tip. Yeah, that's like, that's a total hack. That's total meatball tech. Um, meatball tech is, uh, and I learned that from a chef and I don't remember who. Like, I, I remember it. they said, you just throw a splash of water in there to mix it up and that holds your, it gives the fat something to hold onto and then it just kind of gives it a fluffier, better texture. It's real good. I have a, a quick problem yeah? that maybe you can help me with. Okay. Okay. This, these computers, uh, I know, mine's- keep, they log out so we can't see anything, hope. So just, that's great. And we have no passwords to log in, by the way. Right. I had to log you in. Oh, okay. That, great. So, <laughs> all right. Um, moving on. Yeah. You don't need to hear about our technical problems. Yeah. I have to make Swedish meatballs for 30 people for Christmas Eve. Okay. Three of the people are gluten free. So I can't use my traditional Swedish meatball recipe that I use from Lucia Watson and Beth Dooley's Seasons of the Heartland cookbook. What does that it include? Has breadcrumbs. Well, could you use gluten-free breadcrumbs? I'm a little afraid to because one is celiac. So, but I mean, I, a gluten-free breadcrumb, if you buy it, will be. A, I mean, it'll be. I just is that okay? Because what if like I got her sick? So I was like, is it better to just use almond flour and just like avoid that whole thing altogether? I don't know. I don't know what flour directly would do to make it might make it mealy. That's what I think. Okay. But I would. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's gluten free breadcrumbs. Uh, and you would feel comfortable for someone that has celiacs using gluten free breadcrumbs. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's if they're, if they're celiac, they're only reacting to gluten. That's right. So if it's gluten free. I don't. I, yeah. Okay. I, don't, I know, know that sounds weird. I don't know why I'm acting. I just don't want to get her sick. Yeah. No. I mean, but I mean, it looks and I would I would probably I mean, I would buy them. I wouldn't try to make them myself. Yeah, I wouldn't buy no. like gluten free bread and do it myself. But a package thing to me would then have been tested. Okay. And done in a facility that is clear of that. The next question then is There's panko. Yeah. Gluten free. I would do panko. There's gluten free panko. Well, panko is rice anyway. Yeah. Oh, this solves my entire problem. I love panko. Those are the breadcrumbs I use. So yeah, those well, are glu- look, I mean, there's Kikoman has, they have gluten-free, uh, I don't know if like, if that one is certified gluten-free, you look for that one because that one, you know, it's in a facility that was completely gluten-free. Okay, great. That yeah. is really helpful. And that's it. Even My next target. issue, can I use cornstarch instead of flour in the gravy? Uh, yes, maybe. Because I think that's how you make gluten-free gravy. Yeah. Because I have to make a little separate pot of gravy for them. Pure cornstarch is gluten-free. Okay. So, yeah. so I got this figured out. But not every Boom. brand is considered safe. So you need to see the one that is GF certified. It okay. has like a little GF in the corner that's certified. I think Bob's Red Mill is certified. Okay. I'm going to do a little research here yeah. and head over to the co-op and I'll be good. Good. Okay. All right. Hope, did break. you have someone that had a question? They're calling for recommendations, but we do have to go to break, okay. but I can Let's gather take them those. on the other side. Awesome. Absolutely. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. It is the weekly dish and we are in our gift show. It is a gift extravaganza and we really appreciate you listening to all of our awesome gift ideas. <laughs> Stephanie March. <laughs> I'm just letting you fly. How do you feel about... <laughs> 
gift cards. <laughs> I think they're fine. I have a I have a struggle with gift cards only What's because I fi- I kind of feel like I you know I like to give gifts and I like to give specific gifts to people. I think I'm I like to think of myself as a good gift giver, and so I I tend to think gift cards are more like eh, I couldn't come up with anything you pick, and I that's not the correct thought I don't think um, because I have given gift cards, especially for someone who is a difficult receiver. You know, someone who has a lot of everything yeah or maybe has very specific needs and wants for things that's a i think that gift cards are a great gift um i know that a lot of restaurants do all these deals with gift cards and so that seems like a really awesome way of you know kind of making stretching your dollars because you normally the deals are like you buy 100 you get 25 for yourself or something like that yep and I think those are good too, but I think if I'm going to give a gift card and I had considered, I have my son-in-law, Andrew, as my, you know, in the gift exchange mm-hmm. this year, and I was going to give him um, some restaurant gift cards, you know, to kind of force them to go out to other places. But then I thought, you know, what if that's also sort of like forcing them into something and and also just like maybe it's like one night you know, I don't know. I, I thought about it like in terms that it would be better to give it like a full experience. So like if you were thinking about going to Martina as a gift card, then maybe you also get them um, a gift card to Tilia or something so they could do a progressive. Like go That's have cute. a cocktail or go idea. have a drink, you know, at Tilia first and then go have a or go start at Martina and then finish at Tilia or something like that. Um, that's a really great so, idea. Like, explore the neighborhood, you know, so it's, or like maybe you get them, you know, a gift certificate for also, uh, Clancy's butcher, you know, shop, meat shop, because then you could say, go eat at Martina and then go buy, you know, something at home that you, that inspired you from your meal. Right. Um, I love a gift card to a restaurant. I'm not gonna lie. I also use this as a way to gift people like my cleaning person, uh, the babysitter, the daycare provider, like people that I don't really know them super well and yeah. like know their tastes, but I know kind of the general neighborhood that we live in. And so that's a good way, I think, to utilize gift cards. Also like coworkers and people at the office that you just want to like say, hey, thanks for all your hard work. So what are you giving them? A $25 gift card? Yeah, okay. usually. That's yep. like your idea of... I did. Like my husband wants to eat at Red Cow every day. So I did buy a $100 gift card to that because then I got the $25 bonus. So it's like I saved 20%. Yeah. So I also will do that to places that like, I I like to go to different places all the time, but he only wants to go to like five places. Yeah. So I could just buy gift cards for those five places and save myself some money. So I do that a little bit. I also like when my daughter moved back to the Twin Cities or moved back to Minnesota from Vermont, she was moving into the area of Dinkytown and doesn't know a lot over there. So I went to all the independent like local restaurants and bought gift cards for her to like Mesa Pizza and Al's Breakfast, places where she could kind of experience the neighborhood. So yeah. if someone's moved into a new place or a new part of town, yeah, I think it's a good idea to do it. I think it's hard. I think there's I was standing next to somebody at a restaurant. I or a store, I think I was waiting for something to pick up, and they had come in and like, well, I heard you guys were good, so I'm getting you a bunch of gift cards for my kids to you. And I thought, that to me is that one thing of like, I I don't, like that person had no idea what this place was about, you know? And I just thought, (laughs) that's what worries me is the idea, oh, I'll just get you something. And then I feel like sometimes that's just like, it's just too easy, you know? And it's too like forgetful, like, I don't know, it just seemed like people said this was good, so I'll get it for you. What if it's horrible? 
What if the people you heard it from was wrong? Well, and then here's the other. I'm just telling you that these are the these are these the, are the negative Nellies. Yeah. This is yeah the bad Stephanie portion of the show. Um, <laughs> this was the other thing someone said, and I couldn't believe they said this, but they were like, "Oh, you know." Um, so I get like a twenty five dollar gift card. I mean, like that basically says I have to go spend more money. Because you're not oh. going to a place. There's nothing yeah. you're really getting for 25 bucks. So basically what you're telling me is that you're going to force me to go spend money. I thought that was weird. I was like, I never thought of it like that Yeah, before. that is weird. Yeah. So All right. Those are just... But I, I don't... I think that that's the thing. Is like, if you're going to go give someone a gift card to a place, I'd say instead of doing maybe... Unless they're the kind of people who are, you know, like they want to go to multiple things and they have maybe their own money, you know, they're financially great. I would say, like, give someone a hundred bucks somewhere. Like, if you're going to go take, have them go to a dinner, give them a hundred bucks minimum. Okay. Because that's kind of like for two people... That feels like they can have beer, they can relax, they don't have to ever worry about like, oh, am I going to have to cover how much of whatever? That's what it, I feel. It, it would be like, just if we're getting creative, it would be cool to give like a gift card for dinner, but then also like a gift card for a lift. Yeah. That would be fun, like, because that's really like a complete night out or... Yeah. Then, like, a gift card that they can give the babysitter to mm-hmm. thank the babysitter for coming for a night out. Yeah. If we're talking about ways to get creative. Right. Um, Crave has something that I thought was kind of cool where you buy $100 and then you get 20 but you can decide to donate that 20 Oh, that's kind of interesting, So I too. thought that was, you can donate it, the $20 gift card to a nonprofit. Yeah. A lot of those gift cards, those that you get on the extra side, you can't use until 2020. Some of them have stipulations. So, for instance... Um, I'll just give you this one, a uh, blue plate restaurant group, which is Edina Grill, Highland Grill, Longview, Longfellow, Three Squares, Groveland Taps, Goosey, which is no longer the Lowry. Yeah. Um, if you get $100, you get a discount book valued at $100 of coupons. So okay. you'd use those in the first quarter. But lots of great, uh, we'll put a link to all of the great gift card opportunities and we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. everybody thanks for joining us on our gift show to this year i know that you guys are all out trying to get those last minute things happening last minute gifts or maybe you're already done and you're just thinking okay now it's my turn maybe maybe you're looking for something to secret santa yourself i think that's i always think that's such a good idea um but i got secret santa yourself yeah you got a secret santa yourself (laughs) once you're done shopping for everybody else i I feel like it's it's your turn if you got a little if you still have some cash left in the coffers why not? You know what happens to me is when you're out shopping, like I, everyone's like, what do you want for Christmas? Nothing, nothing, nothing. But then as I start shopping, I start seeing all the things I yeah. actually do want, mm-hmm. but I kind of have missed the window. Yeah. Well, I just think the sales are so great. And I see something and I'm like, wow, I could totally use that, but I shouldn't be shopping for myself. I right. should be spending this money. But I'm like, this is such a deal. Like these outdoor running tights, I really, really want from Athleta. You know what I mean? And they're they were like, 28 bucks off or 20% off. Yeah, but they, yeah, exactly. Which otherwise they're like $100, which is hard for me to spend on things I sweat in. But, <laughs> you know, point. I mean, there's just that. But, and so I, but I, I sort of have been thinking maybe they'll be there for the post sale, like the post Christmas sale i also game that for sure where i try to do that for sure yeah so i was thinking about experiences because i know we've talked a lot about things you buy and everything else we've talked a little bit about classes but really it's kind of the idea of what experiences you can give and i guess even our gift cards are kind of like giving an experience because you're sending people out to restaurants and stuff um 
But there's a couple of things that I was thinking about. Uh, I did a little Fox 9 show, you know, segment yesterday morning about some gifts. And I was just, while I was thinking about all of that, it occurred to me that we, you know, some of the things that we talk about really are experiences, even though, you know, you're not buying. The hardest part with buying people experiences is that it's a booking thing, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't want to buy them a specific um you know, dates, because you don't know if they can make it. You don't know what their plans are. Right. So it's harder to do. Um, one of the things I think is really cool happening this year is the beer running series, the run for beer. Yes, that is a great one. Right. So what they're doing, so they have different places, you know, all year. If you have a foodie who likes to run, but they want to be running toward either food or beer. Which is the story of my life. Exactly, which is like us. Um, then what I love about the running series, the run for beer, is that they are offering you a chance because here's the deal they have they have runs and stuff all year long a lot of the ones to your favorite breweries sell out really quickly they book up they register fast um and so it's kind of sometimes you don't get to do the one that goes to dangerous man that pairs up with the release of the you know peanut butter stout right something like that so what they're selling you this year is the ability to pre-register to buy pre-registrations so you can purchase for someone six registrations and then they can use that however they want they can register you know that's a great gift i know with two different people or three different people they can make it like we can all go to one thing or so and they get to use it at any of the races if you pre-purchase i love that idea i know i thought that was really good so that's if you have a runner who likes to drink beer too um i thought about the salmon shares that we talk about the Mm -hmm. sitka salmon shares and I know that uh, Cody Matz from Fox 9 was all about this. And in fact, he texted me this morning asking again. But I think that that is something that is a great experience to give someone because they are, you know, they kind of are, they have to cook it. You know, yeah. it's a thing where it's like for a cook, you know, we talked with the Cooks of Crocus Hill guys about shares and then butter is pretty easy. Let's be honest. You don't have to do much to it. But having salmon come to your house is kind of a, is it's a thing you have to do. You have to cook it or you have to figure out what to do with it. And it comes frozen, so it's on your time frame. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not going to go bad like a box of CSA veggies because that is always the terror of, yeah. oh, my God, I'm going to have this to week. cook. Right. But so it's frozen and you can like, you know, and you can have people over or not. And so I think that's a great idea. Do you want me to give you an experience that I bought for Kurt? Yeah. hope he's not listening, he's but not I'm listening. sure he's not. No. Uh, Holman's Table has, you get a $100 gift card. And then you get another, so it's 200 bucks. It's not cheap, but you get a helicopter ride around the city. Yeah. So the dinner and the helicopter ride at the little St. Paul airport. So I got that for Kurt. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, he, I will be vomiting the entire time in fear, but I will go with him and just close my eyes. <laughs> but he he will really like it. He will love it. Yeah. That's a great one. I know. I think that that kind of thing, that's like a, and you can book that whenever you want to book yep. it. And all I just that say, kind of have stuff. it all set up. That's really cool. Yeah, he's going to like it. Um, another one that I thought about was the, uh, just again, the classes. You know, you yes. and I have purchased a half hog each and we're waiting to get those back. Um, we're going to get those next week, I think. Um, but the idea of really learning about, so, you know, talking about people who who maybe they don't know, they're kind of getting into cooking, but they don't really know. I will tell you that if they are not squeamish about breaking down a half of a hog, the class at Lowry Hill Meats, I watched Eric say there, uh, and actually, Yia Vang 
break down a hog um, just for the Kashan when they were competing. Mm -hmm. But as they were talking about it while they were doing it, and I was looking and watching them do it, and I basically got a master class right there. And it was so interesting because there's so many cuts of meat that you take for granted that you don't, like the loin or maybe the shoulder or that kind of thing. You don't really know where it comes from or why or how it's, you know, done. And I think learning how to break down a half a hog or anything like that is something that is, it's so educational and it sort of changes the way that you look at cooking. And it changes the way that you look at maybe that cut of meat from now on. And that's a huge learning experience. It's hard to find. I like it. Yep. Um, in terms of other experiences, uh, well, they also have a sausage making class that I was going to say that is one of those things. Like I think learning how to make sausage is something that if you learn how to do that, that's amazing. And like, it's just something that will kind of keep you for the rest of your life. Uh, the other great gift I think is as far as classes and experiences are the cocktail classes that happen all over town. Parlor has continual cocktail classes. Tattersall Distilling has all these cocktail classes that are great. Um, you know, Spoon and Stable was doing them. I don't know if they're still doing them anymore, but um, I just think the idea of breaking down, uh, take and Bachelor Farmer, the Marvel Bar, does a ton of great work like that, and selling them as discussions. You know, it's not just like, hey, I'm learning how to shake ice. It's really going into the history of some of these drinks. And I think for someone who's kind of a home bartender who's just started getting into it, that is an amazing idea. I love that idea. Yeah. And I think when you go to a distillery, too, I think if you're learning at Tattersall, you can learn just not only about, you know, making the drink and what goes into it, but also making of the spirits. And I think that's a whole other level that's kind of, you know, nerdy in the best way. And tours are fun. Yeah. Like, it's fun to stand up at that Tattersall copper kettle. Yep. And look into it and see the mash and see all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think those are great. I think that anytime you can sort of take, you know, a craft that you appreciate and sort of dabble and start to learn it, it's really accessible. I mean, like, that's the thing about our food town is it's pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. So um, there, if you have someone that's in the sweet department, mm-hmm. there is a woman in town. Her name is Cynthia. She's lovely. And her company is Dearest Baker Macaron. And she's doing classes to make we the talked to her last French week. macarons. Last week. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And for, like, my daughter is kind of into those, so that's a good idea for her. Yeah. Or baking classes, if you have someone that's interested in baking specifically. Yeah. Um, One thing, besides the books, too, like I talked about, uh, as far as subscription boxes, I have had a lot of luck with subscription boxes as being something that is, um, you know, a good thing for... um, People who you kind of don't know what to get for. Too. This is my dad. I got him an ice cream delivery. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I think every like, month he gets like three pints. Exactly. He loves ice cream. Exactly. It never goes bad. Right. And like same thing with cheese. You know, you can do the cheese, uh, cheese a month kind of idea. Um, but there is also one of the things I would say that is a great gift for someone is subscription to the New York Times Cooking Club. Oh, yeah. You know, just a subscription to their recipe database, which is, is like it 20 bucks? bucks. I think it's like 20 bucks a year. It might be 20 bucks a year. Yeah. It's something I love and I use all the time. Yeah. And I think that it's one of those things that it's like when you don't have it, you notice it. Because and you can live without it because of course you can still access their stuff but every once in a while you get a recipe that is only allowed you know for yep. just the the club members or whatever and I just I save so many recipes there that just look good and I reference them back and I use it like a really good well and I like that they're a little bit less I don't know Bon Appetit has its own thing you know and same with food and wine and and you know they all like for their recipe databases I find them they're just sort of. 
I don't, Bon Appetit's bugging me lately, so that's maybe why. But, but I but, save everything to my New York Times yes, recipe box. That's my point. Is mm-hmm. the things that I do like there, you can save to your New York Times box. And if you see like a tasty video that you like, like yeah. something simple, I save it there too. Yeah, I save everything to my New York Times recipe box. Right. So, and it's a good, and it's nice to give that to someone. They wouldn't even know that they appreciate it until they kind of get into it. So that's and one of those. Weird th- they're archived for a, like the Swedish meatball thing, as I've been figuring out. They archive recipes from like a long time ago. So some of the recipes that my mother-in-law saw in the New York Times and made. Oh, yeah. I can find them there. Yeah. I love that. Red wine spaghetti like that. They just republished red wine spaghetti and Bon Appetit. But that they have that bar la grassa. And I asked Isaac Becker once where he got the recipe. And he was like, "Uh, the New York Times, like my mom used to make this. Yes. See, I know. I think that that's kind of amazing. And I think that there's something to say about... um, you know, just sort of like buying print as well, you know, maybe getting a subscription to a magazine and having that be delivered to a house and everything else. But making Minneapolis sh- St. Paul might be BOGO right now for the holidays. Is it really? Buy one, get one. Well, yes, you, you can go. gift your friend. I love that. Um, but I mean, even like the food magazines, like something that just shows up, you know, is kind of a nice gift, I think. Always too. Yes. All right. So I don't know. That's kind of it. That's as far as I can think of as like experiences and maybe some out of the box thoughts. And um, one of the last ones I want to make sure we didn't. I don't know if we mentioned the one from the farm, the Johnson family farm. All right. That was in uh, the plate and parcel market. You can order packs of their stuff online and pick it up at the market. A meat box. Yeah, meat box, which is a nice idea. All right. When we come back, we're going to do the moral of the story for this week's weekly dish. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish, where we are delighted to spend our mornings with you every Saturday. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I'm Stephanie March. And just a little heads up, uh, we are going to have a replay on December 28th. So we will be talking about some New Year's Eve stuff uh, before the holiday. Yeah, we're And gonna, also bubbles. It's going to be solstice next Saturday. So we're going to talk a little bit about solstice dining. We're going to talk about Christmas dinner, maybe some New Year stuff. And then we're going to take a break. Yeah, and then we'll come back after the new year and be fresh as a daisy. Fresh. Daisy fresh. Fresh, fresh, freshy fresh. Yep. Stephanie, have you decided what you're making for your, like, meal? No, for I haven't. For Christmas yet. Okay. I can't get there yet. I can't even. I can't because I have too many other things to kind of hit before. I have, like, double Christmas parties from now onward. <laughs> yes, we have the big Hubbard Christmas party tonight, which is always very fancy. And then we'll be going to Kitchen in the Market to say goodbye as Ms. Molly Herman, our lovely friend, has closed Kitchen in the Market as of last night. was her last class. Uh, a little bittersweet, but good to be moving onward. So tonight is sort of like the sew it up final say goodbye to the market party. Yes. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff going on. Um, a lot of how, a lot of like friends are having Christmas parties this year. I'm going to a solstice dinner party. Are you great? Mm-hmm. I'm I looking kinda, forward to it. Yeah, I have double things that night, but I don't have a, like a dinner party, which I'm sort of sad by. I kind of want to do that. That the that the winter solstice would fall on the dinner part, like a Friday or Saturday dinner party night. It's perfect. 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 So if you're planning that, do it, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, coming up next week. I, we were just saying that there's basically you can't park your car without like hitting a market uh this weekend in fact today there seems to be makers markets at every brewer and distillery that you can possibly think of there's one going on at uh able brewing today and you know um they've got 
a whole mobile wrapping station there for you, too. We've got the Holiday Spirits Makers Market at Royal Foundry, and I love this idea. That's the distillery in Harrison, you know, the gin-based, mm-hmm. you know, sort of a British... By La Doña Cerveza. Well, then you go next door, and they're having Witchmas Market at La Doña Cerveza. It's like the bad girl market. Oh, Hello. I like it. Yeah, like really hot nail colors and good posters. I know. Put that in your little phone. Uh, Tattersall's having their holiday market. Uh, handmade uh, ha- market happens at Lakes and Legends Brewery. They're going to have DJ vinyl sets and fresh beer and egg rolls on site. Hello. We had such a blast at Plate and Parcel last Saturday, too. If you want to listen to the podcast that we recorded there, it's up for the second helping for last Wednesday. It dropped. Yeah. Yeah, that was totally fun. It was a lovely market. It is. Uh, the Northeast Farmers Market is doing their market, their last winter market of the year this Sunday, and that's up in the Chow Girl space. And so they have, you know, they have all the food people there. That's the Farmers Market, right? So that's like, you're not going to find as many, like, you know, trinkets and jewelry pieces. There'll probably be some, but it's mostly food. Which I love is it. Great. Um, and then Broken Clock. This is a fun one, too. Okay, so let's say you didn't get invited to a cookie swap, but you still are looking for maybe a variety of cookies. Maybe you're, you just don't know what to do. So Broken Clock Brewing uh, is doing a cookie share on Sunday. So you just pack up a couple packages of six, you know, like a half dozen cookie, couple little packs of sixers, and then you bring them there, and then you get a ticket for each one. Oh, it's almost like our cookbook great. swap. Yeah. And then you also get a lottery, so you get a number of when to go in, and, and you get to pick. For your six that you dropped off, then you get to pick six out. Isn't oh, that a great that's idea? that's excellent. Except for, I just don't know how to trust people again. <laughs> and the Union Depot cookie baking is today. Oh, is it today? I'm going to look just to make sure. Okay. It's this weekend, so okay. I want to hang on. Okay. Because I know Don McLean is going to be doing a gift wrapping demo there. Okay. Uh, the seventh annual holiday bake sale is Saturday. It's today. Okay. Excellent. So she's going to be there um, doing a wrapping demonstration. It's from 10 to 5. And it is free. And what you do is you go there and all of, there's like 30 bakeries that are involved. And you can buy cookies from each of these 30 bakeries. So it's like a one-stop shop to get all your cookie and baking needs met. Cool. Um, the last one I wanted to call out was the the Higa Holiday Craft Market. Higa? Higa at Lawless Distilling. And, of course, you know, they have the Miracle Bar going on right now. So it's crazy decor and everything else. The front is the Miracle Bar where it's all the baubles and Christmas gear. And then the back, they're doing a Tiki Grotto where that's where the market is in the Tiki Aww, Grotto. I love I a Tiki Grotto. Apparently, Can Can Wonderland is decked to the nines as well. Yes, they have a Christmas whole Christmas theme. Thing. I didn't realize that. That was another one to add in. And if you have friends coming in for the holiday, like... I just want to throw it out. Can Can Wonderland is a really unique place. It is. That they don't have this like any other no. place. This just is be like prepared for group for like a lot of crowds. Yeah. It's very crowded. But it's a really fun, cool thing to just like show someone from out of town like something neat that we do and it's run by artists for artists yeah. and they do a great job. No, they do a really great job for sure. Um, another thing you want to be aware of, you guys, is that the the University of Minnesota Bell Library, the one that has all the very cool manuscripts and you know when Tattersall did that, you know, thing where they went back and looked at old apothecary recipes yeah. and then created cocktails from that, they have a new exhibit. It's called Rapunzel Peanuts and Thousand Year Eggs. It's about global pre-modern food cultures and their legacies. So it's really about like how people ate in the pre-modern era. Cool. And through manuscripts and documents and everything else, and it sort of tracks to understand our relationships with food today. Very interesting. I'm very excited to go do this. I think it's through January. Let's so go. I might go do that in the break time, like between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I'm you know? open. Call okay. me. I'll go. So we'll go. It's you and I can go and have food science day. I know. 
Food History Day. Yeah, and then have a drink somewhere. Right. <laughs> That's how we do this. this and maybe the, some food. This is the way this goes. Okay, can I ask you a couple questions? Sure. We have some time, so I'm, I feel like I yep. can ask you about this private dining thing that I did. So I went to a dinner at someone's house, and it was a ticketed event. Um, and it's, you know, one of those underground restaurant things. And I don't even want to call them underground restaurants because it's really just a private dinner. Mm-hmm. And so if we, and I think that that was the mistake I made was calling it an underground restaurant instead of calling it a private dinner. Mm-hmm. But the idea that you can go to someone's house, they can give you, a, they can host you at a dinner and you pay them like a ticketed fee for mm-hmm. it um, is something that uh, one of our friends, Bill Somerville, is doing through a global organization called Eat With. And this happens all over the world. In fact, I've had more people come up to me and tell me, oh yeah, we had a great dinner in Argentina. And you know, we were in Italy at this couple's apartment and we had pizzas and talked with locals. And it's a great way, I think, for people to kind of meet other people in a very calm and quiet setting Mm -hmm. that's also very intimate. Um, And it's causing a lot of controversy. First of all, because of you know, the business of being a restaurant person or the business of it, the changing of dollars and then, you know, the expectations of food safety and all that kind of stuff. But then also the idea that maybe that's just taking away from restaurants who are paying taxes and doing the other stuff. It's similar to what happened with hoteliers and Airbnbs. Exactly. Because hoteliers pay taxes. Because you're a small business person and I know that you understand that. I do. Um, My feeling is, is I would like to go to them. My feeling is there's room for everybody. My feeling is there probably should be some regulatory stuff just because you don't want to get people sick. So I'm conflicted about that part of it, but I like the idea. So the way that I think about it is in terms of the cottage food laws, you know, in terms of like Heather's pies, Heather's making pies out of her house. She's not, you know, being held to the same, you know, regulations and rules as per se Baker Square. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. She's not about to put them out of business. The the bakery box donut lady is not going to put Glam Doll out of business. Right. Like these are the that's it's about volume and it's about a dollar cap. And I think that's what I'm here for. And it's about a gig culture that's changing everything. This really. is the thing. And I think that instead of trying to shut everything down and say no and and this could be the worst, maybe trying to figure out those innovations and then supporting them so they are safe so they don't have unfair you know so unfair advantage but to me someone who is throwing a dinner once a week in his house for 14 people max one turn at a table is not and is buying the food at you know retail prices yeah Yeah, this is not a person who's going to put any of our restaurants out of business and the idea that fine dining is going away anyway like it seems like we're losing that ability to have this sort of cultured experience with people sitting at a table i know um is to me worth preserving in whatever form we can so that's where i'm going with that i like your point of view on it it'll be interesting to see if it grows yeah We'll see. Or get shut down by the city, which is more likely. Okay. Merry <laughs> Christmas. I'm Bug. And everybody have a great show. Have a great weekend. You yeah, guys. we'll see you next week. Ciao, ciao.